Hello. Time's moving up. Time, ladies and gentlemen, live from Edinburgh, time is happening. <laughs> time exists. Uh, you're clearly not watching it's... Loki then. I am, Ooh, but, I've only, but I've only seen three episodes. Okay. Three so episodes two in. Be- two behind. Okay, thoughts so far? Are you watching it? Oh yeah, mate. Um, I really like it. I thought the third episode was a bit too off. Okay. It it seemed a bit too different than the rest of it. Because episode three seemed like a Doctor Who episode. Whereas yeah. I was more I was more into this weird detective Loki thing with Owen Wilson in a weird, like, Cold War environment. <laughs> yep. I didn't think about that actually, but it basically is a set designed for John. That's a perfect segue into my podcast. Is it really? Object. No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and what did Shakespeare wear? What was the fashion of Shakespeare? Are you being, are you asking an actual question? I'm trying to I'm trying to painfully get this towards my object. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Tunics around his neck. Oh, the frilly things. Yeah. Listen to me open my notebook. Uh, oh, we haven't even done the intro. Hi folks, welcome to Deceptively Clever. This is a competitive history podcast that is casual about the truth. I'm Justin, he's John. And John has told me that this is going to be the best object ever. Did I? Episode 30, or something near 30. That's what you said last week. Can't do it now, because this object's going to be so good, it's going to be the best. Did I actually say that? I honestly didn't mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, you might have said it, you might not have said it. I'm excited anyway. Clearly my confidence was high last uh, last week. Yeah. Well, I've already sort of told you what it is. Um, but is your Google... Google. Is your search engine ready, Justin? My uh, non-specific search engine of choice is ready to go. Is it Ecosia do you use? No. No, actually, That's I don't a, use Ecosia. Um, isn't that a tree one? It, it's good, but it didn't actually work. I generally use DuckDuckGo, however, for the oh, podcast, we, we use the G1 because we, we need to standardise the image search. So I only use the G1 once, uh, however often we record the podcast. Oh, so you use the G1 now? Hmm. We take this podcast seriously. We just do not endorse um, the G1. Do you want to search for me, Ruff, R-U-F-F? Maybe add an S if you need to. What are you looking at? That's it. Just enter roughs. Yep. I feel like you might be missing some uh, specificity. I've got a few pictures. Um, Some people that look like Queen Elizabeth. Some old guy with a beard. Basically, it's a white collar that looks like lots and lots and lots of bits of folded paper. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about roofs. And I know that this is another really general object, but I'm pretty happy with it. Best object ever. We're just talking about all of them to have ever existed. Yeah. Well, the the object concept of a rough. The concept of the rough. Is it the a singular the or does it have to be trend. roughs? I don't know. I would say roughs. Rough. Um, you wear a rough. I would say singular. Okay. So we're talking, I don't know, two... Is it the Tudor? Yes, we're talking Dynasty. about Elizabethan, Elizabethan era 
fashion, um, basically. Those white things that people wore around their necks that you see on in movies. Sometimes, sometimes they're small. Sometimes they're very wide. They Probably always look ridiculous. Shakespeare's often wearing one. Check, yep. Kid loved them. <laughs> the guy loved a rough. But I quite like fashion history. Yep. Um, yep. I wish I'd done a bit more of it. I feel like, I mean, um, lots of areas of history probably do, but I feel like it draws in a lot of things. It's one of those areas where, yeah, you just bring in so many different elements that you can make it whatever you want. But it's yeah. just like major cultural history, which I love that kind of stuff. Okay. So we talk about roofs. So obviously you can tell that they are a, a big white collar that is around your neck and they are of varying sizes, varying degrees of, um, I was going to say fanciness, but that's the, uh, <laughs> that seems like a very dumb term. Slightly subjective. Yeah. Some of them look very elaborate, some of them not so much. Um, but basically they're, they were made of linen. Or lace, which would be starch would be applied so they would be stiff around your neck. And they were a trend in the, let's say, mid-16th century to probably the early 17th century. I think the trend lasted about 60 years. Um, In England, the trend started in the 1560s when a woman called Mistress Dingen van der Plas, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, arrived in um, England and opened her starch-making business in 1564. I wanted to find out more about her. It was very hard to find stuff about her. There was a um, book on Tudor fabrics which said that she opened this business and she also taught people how to apply starch to roofs. Um, but what this meant was, with the starch making business, you could apply starch to these collars to make them really big. And obviously, when rich people latch on something, they need to keep going with it, keep going with it. So, go big or what go started? Home. Yeah, go big or go home, basically. And so, this trend started because collars were becoming bigger. And then, because collars were becoming bigger, then the rough became its own piece of fashion basically um they were incredibly impractical like like this is a statement of fact just just straight up don't get what you're thinking these were not practical they they were mostly by design because if something you are wearing is incredibly impractical Mm. it shows to everyone that i don't need to do things myself because I have people to do them for me. Yeah, so, you're not doing any level of... not. You're not even having a hobby while you're wearing this. Yeah, exactly. This is your hobby. <laughs> a rough. <laughs> yeah. So that, I was watching uh, a video, Weird History. If anyone wants to go watch that video on roofs, it's quite good. Um, and basically that said that you couldn't even do any manual labour with them on. So they were just like, obviously, poor people aren't wearing them because they have got to do stuff. You could, you, they sometimes got so big that it was hard to eat. So you had to have longer utensils so that you could actually reach your mouth with things. Um, You've gone too far if you can't get a fork into your mouth. Yeah. You, you, surely you'd be questioning things then, wouldn't you? Just going like, maybe I shouldn't be wearing this dog collar. Yeah, maybe let's just tone it, tone it down a little bit. But they're, they're pretty trendy. 
I think yep. you'd look good in one, Justin. Um, yeah, like maybe one of the slightly smaller ones, but yeah, I could see it. <laughs> um, so, as well as the sort of size of them, the designs change, so sometimes jewels would be applied. Um, you could dye them certain colours, I think yellow, blue, I think green, maybe some more like magenta colours. Okay. Um, lace became more popular because you could have really fancy lace designs and there's lots of pictures of well lots of paintings of Queen Elizabeth where she's got these really high ruffs around her neck and and there's covered in jewels and they're really elaborate and they're lace and the trend also changed so that there was an open chest for women so that they could actually breathe properly <laughs> um which again, if you can't breathe, maybe you should be questioning whether you should be wearing these. <laughs> um, yep. Weirdly, men didn't, the, the fashion didn't change for men, they still had it completely around their neck. Um, and they were all over Europe, so the, the trend started in the low countries. So. Um, mm, it has got that mi- vibe. Yeah. So Mistress Ding and Van der Plas was from Flanders, so she moved from Flanders to oh, cool. London. Yep. As they became more popular, there was more rules around them. Um, so certain elements of them were banned. And we're going to get into that when we talk about some statements. I was going to say, uh, excuse me. Okay, understood. Some of them were inc- some were encouraged. Um, yep. There was quite a lot of people who were thought that they were ridiculous and wanted them completely removed from society. <laughs> um, but they were not we were probably... not just like oh, I'm not wearing this. They, their opinion was that they had to be forcibly removed from people's necks. Yes, and we will, we will <laughs> get into that when okay, we open okay, uh, we'll some statements. So, at the end of the 60 years, do you have a sense in your capacity as an actual historian to gauge what caused the end? Was it just that they got far too big and then suddenly fell out of fashion? So, I think that it was... It wasn't necessarily they got too big, it's just that fashion changed. So, yep. instead of the long standing collar the ruff would fall down over the shoulders so if you look at if you want to do a quick google search of charles the first there's there's often a common painting where his collar is a lace collar but it's falling over his shoulders so it's not necessarily that they were just sort of disappeared it's just that the fashion changed again and then falling collars became more popular and then obviously there was more dramatic history that probably interrupted things when Charles I was an increase of Protestant and Puritan views and things. So, But I think it was more just that it it, it changed into something else rather than... Yep. But that's just sort of the way with fashion trends. Yep. Exactly the same way the rough came into being. Yep. Rough comes in, rough goes out. Um, and the, another little fun thing, there was a very specific iron that you would use that I can't remember the name of. You look at this iron and it's a very specific thing because it's got like three prongs where you could fold the roof around each prong, press it down, and it would be kept in that shape. They're also okay. very... Um, let me just see if I can find it. I'm just going to go ahead and say now, I would not have done well in this time. I, I can't even iron a T-shirt without <laughs> deciding that it's an, a complete waste of time. And that well, I don't care about a crease or two. The the best thing is that most of these roofs could only be worn once anyway, because oh. 
dear. They were so sort of susceptible to changing temperatures and things that even just your body heat could mean that they would start falling and losing its shape and things. So it was like, it was really a, a symbol of wealth and excess, basically. And then I wonder if there were like the middle class people aspiring to need a rough who would buy them secondhand and like wear them at little county dinner parties. <laughs> or secondhand rough. Yeah. Um, I think it was also the there was like um, they started to like have these special boxes for them as well that were very specific because you had to like transport them so carefully. Mm, okay. Yep. I, I'm a sort of the sort of person who complains about fashion trends uh, within the youth of modern society. <laughs> but there aren't many things that have happened in our generation that are as obnoxious as this, are there? <laughs> um, frosted tips. I like, a good call. <laughs> Definitely up there, but it's not this bad. <laughs> frosted tips. I was trying to be careful because all the ones I could think of were kind of related to the emo kids and I still feel like there's a part of me that's very scared about upsetting the emo kids. <laughs> what are the emo kids now? Are they just all... All of them? Or did they... Are all kids emo kids? Else? Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I'm not one. No. I can tell I you that. I can't see either of us ever having been one. <laughs> um, not, would you like not some... wearing ruffs. No. Would you like some statements, Justin? I or have you got any more questions? No, I'm happy to sort of come across any questions as we get to them. Statement number one. Statement number one. They were encouraged in French court for political reasons. Which we'll get into. That's it. They're encouraged in French court. Yeah. It'll make more sense with the other statements as well. Okay. Ready for statement number two? Statement two. They were banned in Spain for political reasons. True. Too hot. (laughs) And statement three. They were... Blue ones were banned in England. I see how you, you found two statements that kind of went together and you went, this is the theme here. Yeah. I wanted to do some thematic statements. Okay. Why did they ban them in Spain? Why did they ban them in Spain? So, they weren't called roofs. They were called, I think it's like, I don't really know how to pronounce it. Cuello? Cuello? Okay. C-U-E-L-L-O. Cuello? Which I think translates to neck. But basically, there was, I think it was generally just the idea that they were, they were too much. And that there was this sort of real signal of wealth was unnecessary. Money could be used towards... They were, especially because I think there was lots of trade, so they were being bought from um, the low countries. Starch production was coming from there as well. And people sort of saw this as a waste of money when it should be going towards the Spanish people. Um, I love that. So they basically said the, the, the fashion, the trend of these is undeniable without intervention they will become widespread amongst the richest of people so we're going to ban them and then have them still not give their money to the poor people (laughs) pretty much but it looks like you you nearly figured it out you nearly understood that allowing narrow concentration of wealth maybe isn't the best idea but you just didn't quite get all the way there so there's actually there was actually a guy who wrote about them in england as well so a guy called Philip Stubbs wrote this pamphlet called The Anatomy of Abuses, which was written in 1581. And he basically went off on how terrible they were <laughs> for 
similar reasons. Um, he was like, they are evil, they are such an excessive thing when Adam and Eve just had clothes to like keep them warm and not be cold. We were all... He, he also nearly figured it out, and then he went to the Bible. Yeah, and he said, like, there's no point having spending so much money on them when, like, people are poor, um, which that part I agree with. It was yep. just it was just sort of funny that, like, he also then got... It was a massive sin. It was called the, the sin of apparel, I think. I don't mind that as a sin. The sin of apparel. It was pretty... Uh, it's pretty funny, though. Yeah, jot that down. Um but it's quite yeah. I, I'm not sure. It was like a. It was like I've read. I've you can get it online. This um, pamphlet, and it's just like the way it's written is it's someone asking questions to someone and lots of responses, and it's basically just this person asks a question, go, why is this like a sinful thing? And then he just goes, it's evil, <laughs> and um, he called starch. He called the starch which was used to stiffen the rub, um, the devil's liquid, <laughs> which is gross. <laughs> There's some good terms that came out of this. Yeah. He criticised those who take pleasure in vain apparel. Apparel. Am I saying that right? I think it's apparel, but apparel. I don't know. You're from the north, does it matter? Which will simply fall to rags if not worn. And he's basically like, you buy these things and they're just like, you wear them and then they get eaten by moths, so what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't like feathers in hats either. Mm-hmm. The arguments in Spain were fairly similar. They're also concerned about the effects to masculinity, so they were worried that they were slightly too effeminate. Um, and while they, I think they, I think they were at war at the time, so they were worried that there weren't enough manly men to defend Spain because they're all too busy wearing ruffs. Which, you know, who cares? <laughs> they were quite unsuccessfully trying to have a war with England. Yeah, if so, my um, dates are not mistaken. So they tried to, they tried to define how big they should be that didn't work so they just decided let's get rid of them in about the 1620s I believe I want to see a policeman with a ruler measuring a rough and then deciding whether it's too long yeah what what counts as uh, excessive <laughs> you, you could look up the, the dictionary definition of excessive and just see a photo of that happening yeah okay um, I wouldn't say you've been awfully specific there that's okay <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though, isn't it? Um, oh, okay, then why did they encourage them in France? In France, it's sort of the opposite. Because while Spain was worried about the trade and the waste of money, France was actively encouraging it because they were currently in an alliance with um, the low countries, with the Dutch um, countries. So they were quite they were quite happy to sort of pander to their style slightly and encourage this trade and I think it would work pretty well. But they I had they had guys, here, here's a rough for you all to wear around your neck. I'm not wearing that, it looks stupid. Yeah, but we want to keep the keep the flames happy, so chuck her on. Like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, you will you will wear it. You'll wear it and you'll like it. Put it on. Quick, those Spanish um, people looking. <laughs> Take them off. Um they also weren't that fussed about Spain. But um, they had, and they had like a good relationship with um, with the Dutch. It, I'm like, it was it the Dutch Empire then? I can't remember. But they they had good relations with them until, well, the mid 
17th century when roofs were um, gone by then. So maybe coincidence? I think not. (laughs) But there was lots of like starch production in um, the Low Countries, so they were quite happy to sort of trade with them there. They were also obviously massively into Catholicism and the Renaissance, and this was sort of embodied that in a way. This sort of fancy neckwear. So I think it was, I think it was Charles the Ninth then, was the the king towards the end of the sixteenth century, okay. and he wore the, he wore them quite often, and encouraged those around him to. Okay, you've done a slightly more convincing job with that one. <laughs> Thank I don't you. know what that that says about the statement. <laughs> um. I feel like the French are always quite on board with entirely unnecessary opulence. <laughs> well, they were about to have, like, the Louis, so... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I went through the Louis. When w- w- when was the next Louis from this point? Um, it Roughly. was not... Charles the Ninth went to Henry the Third, and then I think Henry the Third went to... A Louis, I believe. Okay. But I'm not entirely sure. I need a list of French kings. That's quite good from you to know that. List of French. I know of zero other than I know you can just say a Louis and say a number and you're probably not far away. Well, we're coming towards like the the the, the, the Louis teens, aren't we? Who uh... <laughs> the, the Louis to end all Louis. Louis to end all Louis. Charles the Ninth, Henry the Third. Henry the Fourth, Louis the Thirteenth. Okay, so there's not actually that many more to go at all. And then, and then it's Louis the Fourteenth, who was the Sun King, who was the flamboyant and all flamboyance. He, he stepped it up a notch. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. We're, this, not too, it, we're, <laughs> we're not too far from executions. <laughs> <laughs> the guillotine's on its way. Um, yeah, this fits with French culture. I, I'm perfectly happy to accept. Um, did the English band Blue for French reasons? No, you're thinking wrong country. Have another go at it. Uh, one of the low countries that quite like them? Nope. Uh, Think more local. Scotland? Correct. Oh, they didn't kidding. like Blue because it was the Scottish flag. Oh. So Queen Elizabeth banned them. She did ban quite a few things about roofs. She banned and, double and roofs. <laughs> And Scottish things, yeah. She banned double roofs, so you couldn't have one on top of the other, which I, I'm not, I can't, I didn't really understand, I couldn't really find much about the reasoning behind banning them, because when they're so elaborate to start with, why not just, why not just keep going? I get the um, feeling Elizabeth was quite happy just to ban things for the fun of it. Yeah, I also think that she was like setting the trend as well, so, and I think when you have um, that sort of power, you'd kind of have a bit of fun with it, wouldn't you? Yeah, she's like, I, I just don't like them as much. Issue a decree, no more double roughs. There was actually, um, there was a bit of a response to, so there was all this criticism about like how starch was, how the use of starch was terrible because it takes away from, I think they, I think you got it from corn and wheat. So if you're using that to make starch, you're not making Ooh. bread. Yeah. So there was, there was some links to that where I think she banned... There was like a royal decree saying that you couldn't produce starch unless you had like a royal, you were given a royal sort of, what's it called? I don't know, pardon to make it. Yep. So so they had to sort of limit the amount 
being produced. So that might be why Double Roofs. And then she banned she banned them in excess. There was a guy who got in trouble because he was walking around London with a roof that was in too much excess just after Easter, and he got in trouble for it, but he refused to take it off. Um, <laughs> Love it. There was, again, very little on that, but <laughs> it sounded quite funny. And I think that generally the sort of rules around the roofs were kind of ignored because it was just like rich people were doing kind of what they wanted with them. Because I think she, I think the size was limited, but people would just keep getting bigger. You'd have to use like, some of them use like 12 yards of fabric or something, which I don't know how big a yard is, but that seems like a lot. <laughs> it's a yard. Yeah, but how big is a yard? They have a standard width. I don't know what it is. And then they just measure from there in yards. One yard is three feet. Oh, I see. You literally didn't know what a yard was. You don't use them in England? Well, I mean, I guess so, but I don't, I've never known how big a yard was. No, so you don't use them. You use metres. Yeah. Is that correct? So you, do you yeah. know how many metres are in so a mile? So it'd be 36 feet of fabric. Oh, my God. How many yards yeah. in a mile? So you, how do you conceptualise how big a mile is if you don't use yards? What do you mean? Well, we have metres and kilometres, and that's how we conceptualise oh, yeah. a kilometre. It's a 1,000 metres. Yeah, we also, I mean, use kilometres and metres and miles. But your highway signs are in miles, correct? Miles, yeah. Hmm. You are fascinating people. But a mile is like, a mile is what, 1,500 metres? 1,600. I think it's 1584. <laughs> so closer to 1,600. Yeah, but I just looked at the first two numbers. Oh, shit, it's 1609. Damn it! Oh, no. It's almost like I correctly rounded it. That's annoying. Maybe I'm thinking of a pint. Oh, okay, yep. Pint in. <laughs> and I like that you're looking this up because it's going to validate your guess. Why is it giving me one millimetres how many pints? I want the other way around. Well, that would be a terrible way to convert that. How many pints yeah. in a millilitre, John? 0. 0.00175975. <laughs> That's not helpful at all. Um... <laughs> There is no situation in history when that has been useful or requested. 568 milliliters. Yep, okay. So what? you weren't actually right there either. Yeah, but at a one, and I was pretty close. <laughs> An American pint is different to a British pint. Yep. So it's an Australian one. Oh my god. What's Basically, an Australian one? Oh, I don't know. You can't order a pint and get one here. Yeah, you can't do that in America either. Weirdos. Yes. I take it your partner's not in? No. Thank God. She'd storm in the room. I was sick off. of it. I told her to get out of the house. I said, go to, your pints go are too to small. That, go down to that vegan bakery and tell them they just have to end all hot dogs. Just, I'm just going to pop up for two minutes. Bear with me. Back. Hi. I've had so much coffee this morning. I was desperate for the oh. How big is a roof in pints though? That's a slightly more artistic way of asking how long a piece of string is. How many pints would it take you to wear a roof? Mm. What's the situation? Um like am I in my house? Am I in no, a venue? pub. Pub. In a pub. Just a pub in England or yeah. Australia? Um, in uh, England, we're in the we're in the so- <laughs> we're in the Soak in Selyuk. Okay. Um, 
a place of no significance at all. Um, Did you go there? Yeah, you must have gone there. Yeah. Not as a student, uh, I should add. Um, no, we're at that place in Harborn with the burgers. What was that place? Oh, the plough. The plough. We're in the plough. Oh, I think, I think it would fit in in the plough wearing a roof. <laughs> Pretty fancy people there. Yeah, suddenly everyone's got one. They just whip it out and put it on. They're like yeah. not wearing it to be polite for the poor people. They're like, thank uh, God someone's put it on. Yeah. Uh, it would take... I will say, the vegan burgers there are pretty good. Um... See, if it's like you have to wear the rough to go and get the burger, I'd say somewhere between 11 and 13 pints. 11 pints? I'm not wearing one of those things, John. I think it would take me maybe two. <laughs> but I suppose once I've put it on, I can't drink any more. No, you just have to figure it out. A straw? Big straw? Big big straw. Maybe I'd, we should look this up. Maybe that's when the straw was invented. Not invented, I guess people would have been drinking through straws for a long time, but perhaps straws were popularised in England about then. What would be concerning as well is... That would be a good object, a straw. Um, Yep, sure. What would be concerning is, after you've had quite a few pints, so you'd have to go to the toilet quite a bit, and if your rough's too big, you might not be able to see where you're aiming. Yeah. I've just lowered the tone of this podcast. Nah, these are the real problems, though. This is the sort of thing we wouldn't have thought about without following this thought experiment. Yep. Um, I think that's a real concern. Depends what else you're wearing. Like, I feel like if I'm wearing my normal black jeans, I back myself in. But if I've also got a stupid outfit to go with the stupid rough, then I'm really worried about getting out of that situation clean, dry. That's true. You wouldn't want to wear a rough with just, like, T-shirt and jeans, would you? You'd have to go full Tudor. Otherwise, you'd look like like an idiot. (laughs) It'd be easier to navigate the... The problem with this, for anyone who's never lived in England, they would just think that we were on a two-person uh, Bucks night. Yes, stag do, yeah. Oh, I knew you were going to say it. I couldn't bring myself to say it, so thank you. Yeah, what do you call it, a Bucks night? I What I actually say is bachelor party, but I'm not sure that's any better. Yeah, bachelor party's the worst one. Um, Bucks, no, I don't, I don't like them. I don't like the concept. The one good thing about being alone forever is that I will never have to have one. Um, that's a fun outlook. Um, what do you that's call a, the that's a perspective? Yep. What do you call the the bride's version? Uh, they're a hen's party. Oh, so still a hen do. Yep. And I'll just say to anyone who's ever maybe think about planning them, a vineyard is not the place for it at all. <laughs> no. Don't even think about it. Certainly don't get a bus and go to a bunch of them. Take your trash to the nearest pub and stay there. There was a great news article where. Like, obviously, when people do fancy dress parties, they, uh, stag dudes, they usually go in fancy dress. And it's usually like a group costume. Yep. Um, and there was Only a story England, where, yeah. yeah, there's a story where um, a bunch of priests weren't allowed in a pub because they thought they were a stag do. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, I, I could see myself doing that. Just like, I finally snapped on a Saturday night when I used to manage a bar. Like, no, nah, you're not coming in. They're like, what? no, I don't care. I've had enough of you people. Go to the Weatherspoons across the road. When you do get married, just if you get married, um, yep. can I, I'll wear a rough to your wedding. Are you being serious? Yep, if I'm invited, of course. Well, my life's ambition is to find a, at this point, Scottish visa bride. So uh, <laughs> I look forward to that. 
very much. I'll uh, start asking around in Scotland. <laughs> to any English people uh, who just got offended by that, um, I'm also any anywhere in the UK is fine with me. Cool. Well. Unless it's Scottish independence. That's why I'm aiming for Scottish because that's sort of, <laughs> you know I'm hedging against that risk. But um, yeah, let's say north of the Midlands is acceptable. Very good. I don't think um, you would. I don't think you would actually do it. Would wear a ruff, but. You've surprised at the, me in the past. at the at the after party. Okay, at the reception, you'll get it out at some point at the reception. Uh, at some at some point in the day, you'll chuck one on. It'll be kind of funny. We'll take a photo, and I'll take it off, and we'll have a good time. Um, <laughs> or um, if you if I can officiate, I'll I'll officiate in a roof. I will just say now, when it comes time to negotiate who's going to officiate, I will put you forward as my only candidate, and throw my full support behind you. Um, and what I'll do, do is I'll write I'll write the speech on the roof, so all I have to do is look down, and no one will be able to see the writing on the roof because I'll be stood up above everyone. Um, That's not bad. So that is. They'll be sat down, and I'll just be reading my what I have to say. So it'll look really fresh. Um, I will look like I'm just staring down, which would look a bit creepy. You, you're thinking, you're collecting yeah. your thoughts on my love for this, as yet yeah. uh, non-specific other human. Um, I like that. I was starting to get a bit worried this episode was a bit dry. We hadn't quite filled it in with um, enough nonsense. I think we're getting there, that's for sure. <laughs> there is some um, nonsense. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I, I will say I've got a few sort of absolute vetoes if I do ever have to have a wedding day. Um, oh, yeah. So I might already have spent some of my coins by the time we... No roofs. <laughs> no, roughs are fine, actually. <laughs> Roofs and I'll tell you what two of them are. I'm not writing my own vows and I'm absolutely not biting the round lace thing off somebody's leg in front of a group of people. Oh, yeah, please I'll don't. Yeah, I don't I'll know wear a roof. I'll wear a roof only for the whole thing if I can write your vows. <laughs> Does everyone and know that you've written a la- them? And bite a lace thing off your leg. <laughs> do they know that you've written them or do they think I've written them? Uh, they think you. They think you've written them. Oh, that's. I'm gonna to want to see a draft. The first line will be, no. It, the last line will be, I'm just in bad and I approve this message. So everyone knows that you did it. Just in case there was any doubt throughout yeah. the thing, like mm, this doesn't really read like him. Um. They'll. Uh, yep. Yeah, that'll confirm it. Okay. No, I know. I know you enough to make it read like you. Oh, big call. Uh, I feel pretty safe that none of this will ever happen, so when I can't sleep tonight for stress, it won't be over this one. <laughs> Just imagine me in a roof, mm. singing singing you to sleep. No, uh, no, an ASMR video of you, just like a black background, <laughs> candlelight, and you just playing with clicky toys in a rough. And you could brush the rough against the microphone. That would work quite yeah, well. Yeah, me whispering into the camera going, I'm putting on my rough now. There we go. Head over to the Deceptively Clever Instagram because I think by the time this comes out, we might have released that on the uh, Instagram TV part of the account. Oh, I because my phone's broken, I haven't been able to get back into the Deceptively Clever Instagram yet. <laughs> Which has been oh, a bit Because oh, I've been so angry at you for a whole week now. For not posting anything? No. Um... Dear, dear Sandy sent you a birthday message on there, and so I've got the little red notification for a message. Oh, but, oh I'm sorry, Sandy. 
that's a, that's alright now. It, it didn't matter anyway because, um, I think I said you. What said did the message say? It just said happy birthday, John. But I thought you could like open it so that I don't have a notification saying that I've got a new message because I didn't want to open oh, your birthday okay. message. And I thought you could type thank you or whatever. But the point, what my guess was, you just hadn't been into the Instagram account because no, I I haven't been able to get onto it. No, well, so I, that, I've tried. Yeah, no, the, the, I'm just, you know, I'm nearly used to the fact that my phone just always says I have a new message. Um, but that makes well, sense th- with, the, with the broken phone. Thank you for me. Also, have you made your mind up yet, which is wrong? <laughs> People will be <laughs> going, what's, what's the lie, by the way? Um, well, it's not like I haven't been thinking about it this whole time. Have you got an answer? Um, I think they're all equally plausible, so good job on that. Thank you. Uh, I think your sheer apathy to statement number two, that it was banned in Spain, is either an indication that it's the lie or it was the true one that started all of these. (laughs) I think I tend to... I want want to say two, but I think I'm tending towards three being the lie. That she really did dislike Scotland, from what I can tell. Are you saying that three is the lie? I'm thinking about it. I think you were too keen then to have me lock it in. No, I, I was confused. I couldn't tell if you were. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is... Like... Confusion was the correct evaluation of what I just said. Um... Meanwhile, I'm just drawing a person in a roof. <laughs> is it good? Will it go on the Instagram? I'm pretty happy with it. I've tried to do some Tudor sleeves, though, and that's the... now that's looking a bit worse for wear. It also looks like I've given him frosted tips. <laughs> if we ever get to a point where we can afford to pay an illustrator to make show art, that's what they would have drawn for this episode. This is a weird boy band rough um, guy. I think I'm going to lock in three, but I kind of hope it's true. You're locking in three? Yep. That's a lock. Incor- incorrect. Incorrect. Wrong. <laughs> they were banned in Spain by royal decree in 1623 the crown abolished them um, right you weren't allowed to wear blue ones in england okay true from i think 1590s maybe and no idea what the opinion of them was in france that was all just made up okay so you had two bands yeah I think I the reason I, I leaned, I didn't say this out loud, but I was leaning towards that being true because I thought it wouldn't be that hard to find something that said the French quite like them and then you could turn that into the statement that were encouraged in France and that would offset nicely against the other two. Um, I was but, hoping, I was going to go for a third band statement, but I thought I was hoping that two band statements might make you think that one encouraged the other, if that makes sense. Well... Yeah, I see. I don't mind that as a strategy, but I think the problem was it's much easier to see that something was banned. Like it's a definitive. Someone either tried to ban it or they didn't. Whereas, loosely encouraged because the king quite liked them, was quite vague. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with all of that. Don't don't mind it. Quite happy the score <laughs> hasn't changed because it doesn't matter what uh, sequence when it's released. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the score is still the same. I think it's about eight five, but we don't know. 8-5 to me, come on. I'm no, winning. Definitely... Come on. Not true. Were there any eras in history following from this where the roughs kind of made a comeback? Um, 
Good question. Not that Rough we're aware of. In fashion. <laughs> rough comeback. Oh, you can get you can get a Renaissance neck rough collar online for fifteen pounds. It's interesting actually. You never see LARPers wearing roughs, do you? No one ever chooses this level of inconvenience. Yeah, because it's impractical, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they do still exist because like don't the guards at the Tower of London wear them? Uh, let's have a look at a beef eater. I know they really love being called that. Oh, here we go. And they are—they remain part of formal attire of bishops and ministers in the Church of Denmark. Oh, okay. And the Church of the Faroe Islands. Right. Yeah, there's there's still some like religious uses of them. Um, I don't believe that they are um, worn often. <laughs> Just for general attire. Yeah, no, no one's too sad about the fact that they went away. Yeah, well, there you go. I think that like looking at the ones that some of the guards do wear, the problem is when it's just a bit of extra detail around the collar of a jacket or something, looks all right. As soon as it ascends and becomes a ring around the neck, it looks stupid. Yeah, they do just they, didn't. They do, didn't know where to stop. Do they wear them, beefy? Uh, there's some ceremonial... The normal ones don't. They just have a pretty tight red collar by the look of it. But there are some more right. ceremonial-looking outfits where they do have small ones, nothing like those big, stupid ones. But Yeah, little little ones. But I quite like that object. And I like the, I like the all the weird political um, reasonings behind sort of the fashion decisions. Yeah. Proving once again that... Let's History. just focus on that Scotland one a bit. So it was banned because blue was associated with Scotland. So this is another one where it's like, it's a statement that keeps cropping up, but it's quite hard to find the original. But there was like a quote from a royal decree saying that no blue was to be, no blue starch was to be applied to um, a roof. Because it would, I think you would dye the starch and the starch being brushed on it would cause the colour so blue starch was banned and yeah right. I think that was I think the general sort of belief is that it was because of Scotland and obviously you've got the whole Mary Queen of Scots tension stuff so um, it makes sense but it's, it, it's another one of those sort of like things that crops up in all the articles that you read but in always the same amount of detail <laughs> yeah because they all just copy each other for SEO uh, one person did the research once let's see if I could find I did do some there was a, a, a book on it oh, imagine that at a dinner party like oh I'm an author oh what have you written oh I've actually written the most influential book on roughs written in the last hundred years oh congratulations oh here we go so this is this is the um, this is a royal proclamation from 1596 uh, this isn't about the blue one, this is about the um, fact that starch was being used. It says, Being informed of an abuse greatly tending to make a scarcity of corn meat to make bread by making of starch within the realm, doth straightly command that no manner of person shall make any starch, except such as hath been made by virtue of Her Majesty's letters patent. <laughs> so basically, oh shit, we're running out of stuff. <laughs> Only my special people can make it. They really knew how to get straight to the point, didn't they? Yeah, I feel 
like I've done. I, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, but I've absolutely smashed it today. <laughs> I can't wait to edit that and see how I feel about that statement when I get to the end. <laughs> yeah, it might be the worst. That's episode, good because I don't think I've I've never done an episode where I got to the end and thought, ah, smashed it. <laughs> I have smashed it. I think you you genuinely believe you can't lose anything at the moment. We are two and a half days out from the Euros final, are we? Come on. Yep, we're going to win it. I'll be listening on the radio. I hope England win quite a lot. Australians hate Italian football. Really? Uh, Why? uh, Well, we actually had them all sorts of covered in the round of 16 at the 2006 World Cup and a guy who would become an Australian hero, Lucas Neal, flew himself down in the in the area to sort of block this guy from running towards goal and he, he just kicked the ball past him and then ran straight into his legs, dived on the ground crying and the ref gave a penalty, which was an absolute disgrace. And uh, they converted the penalty and out we went. And then they went on to win that World Cup. So I believe that they have won too many major trophies currently. (laughs) I don't think this will redeem anything, but I'd certainly like to see them lose quite convincingly. 